0: church, something that you may not know about me. I think I meant, maybe I've mentioned it once or so, but in my pre-teens, I was a Boy Scout. Some of you know that by my resourcefulness, I'm sure, but I was a Boy Scout. I'll admit I didn't last long. I did make it to the badge of Tenderfoot, so some of you, if you were in Boy Scouts, you would laugh at that because uh, you know that Tenderfoot is just a step beyond just showing up. Like, the first meeting, you just show up. If you come back, You're a tenderfoot. So that was me. I made it to tenderfoot. And the reason why I couldn't get beyond that second badge, well, actually there's many reasons, but I'll give you a couple. One, I couldn't pass the knot tying test. Like, do you know there's a lot of different knots? Like, uh, for some reason, the Boy Scouts believe you're going to be using a lot of them throughout life. So I remember memorizing them and practicing, practicing them, but I could not do it when the pressure was on. I still remember the names of some of the knots. Like there was the square knot. There was the fisherman knot. There was the granny knot. Okay, now that name concerns me. Like, are people using these knots to tie up their grandmother? I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. The granny knot. I couldn't tie any of them. Couldn't pass the test. The other thing that really was the camel that broke, or the straw that broke the camel's back to, to get me out of Boy Scouts was uh, an excursion that we took. The scout master was talking about it. He said, we're going to do an overnight. And then we found out where. And he said, in the woods. And I'm like, I'm out. So I, I, I actually did it, but he was using, when he was talking about it, he was swearing. He was using curse words like like camping. You know what I'm saying? It's, those are, that's a curse word. I don't, uh, my, my uh, loathing of camping probably maybe began at Boy Scouts. Because I did the overnight excursion. And I remember being with other 12-year-old boys, setting up a tent. Man, if you want to torture somebody, have them watch some guys, a 12-year-old set up a tent. we It was horrible. And that was just the beginning. Like, I don't remember much of what we did, but I remember how I felt. And here's how I felt on this little overnight excursion. I felt, uh, well, number one, I was cold because it was cold outside and we're in a tent. Number two, I was scared, right? Because bears are real, okay? Now, I was in South Dakota, but whatever. To me, they were there and they were going to get me. Number three... I was really uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable. Have you ever slept on the earth, like right against it, like on a rock for like eight hours? That's, it's not good. And I complained, I, there were tears, not just from me, but from the Scoutmaster. He wanted me out as much as I wanted out. Fortunately, we both got our wish and I was out after that, I think it lasted four months in the Boy Scouts. But I remember one thing, the motto, be prepared that is the motto of the boy scouts and that is huge at least i took that away because i'm really asking you and i today and god's going to be asking us in the message are you prepared like are you ready for what god has for you a lot of people will speak and talk about it especially right now at the beginning of the year it's like god's i mean god's got something new there's something new. There's there's new opportunities. There's there's new. Um, it's a new year, new me, right? I, I'm, there's going to be a move of God. There's promises. There's provision. There's blessings. And here's the problem: most people will never experience it. Okay. Now don't get discouraged. Don't don't right tune out yet because Meadows. I'll always remind you: you're not most people. Like if you lean into what God has today. But, but the reason that most people will never experience it, and, and what will happen is next year, it'll be the same thing. This is my year, and this is when it's going to happen, and these opportunities, and these blessings, and guess what? The following year, they're saying the same thing, and maybe that's been you. Maybe you've been saying the same thing. I know I've done that in my life. Why, so why are they not realizing these, these, this newness, these blessings? Is, is it because God doesn't love you? No. Is it because God doesn't want to bless you? No. Here's why. Why? It's because if God did bless you, the blessing would be wasted because you're not prepared for it. Okay? That it be, if we're not prepared for something, God knows that, that, that something before us could actually harm us. So it, uh, let me think about it a different way. Think about um, a battle. You're going into a battle. That's, that's spiritual. That's correct. The Bible says that we're in a spiritual battle. So you're, you're, you've been preparing, you've been planning for this battle. Think about it like uh, in the movies, how they go in for a battle. Like remember Braveheart? I mean, older movie, but Mel Gibson, he prepared, right? He had the blue face. He's like, freedom! And then there's Russell Crowe in Gladiator. He had a lot of battles, didn't he? And he was like, oh, you not entertained, Russell Crowe said. And there's the Lord of the Rings, right? Some of you know the Lord of the Rings. They had tons of battles. And the hobbits were like, here we go. I know I don't know what they said, but I have no idea. But the they were ready. So let's say you're on the set of Braveheart with Mel Gibson. You walk out and <laughs> you've got the blue face, but that's it. You are buck naked. Okay? Now first of all, that's weird. Secondly, is Mel going to let you fight in this fight that you've been that you've been hoping to get in because you know it's going to take you to another level? No. Mel's going to walk up and First of all, give you his Scottish kilt to cover you. And secondly, Mel's going to say, you need to go back. You need to go back on the back line. You need to go back. You're not in this. And you'll be disappointed because you've you been waiting for this. You've been wanting this. You've been asking for this. But you're not in it because you're not prepared for it. And it will hurt you if you go there. This is so crazy. So as I put this message together, I thought, are we prepared for something? And not just something, but something big. You look at the word of God, and it's safe to say Jesus was prepared. Jesus was prepared for his God-given purpose, which you all have. I I ask myself the question, how did Jesus prepare? How was he ready for what the Father had for him? It's so evident when you get in the word of God. I'm so excited. Last week, if you're new, we started a series called Spiritual Fitness 101, looking at spiritual disciplines that prepare us for what God has for us. Last week, we looked at prayer. Say prayer. Prayer and the power that we have in connecting with the Father that way. So so we know Jesus prayed. I'll show you that in a second. But there's really, today, I want you to, I'm, you're going to see two ways that Jesus prepared. Uh, let me read you scripture first, and then we'll talk about it. I'm in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 3 and the gospel, that word simply means good news because Luke is giving us good news and he's describing Jesus starting his ministry. Jesus comes on the scene and he prepares. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized as he was praying. Have you ever noticed that? When Jesus was baptized, he comes up out of the water immediately he's praying he's exercising the discipline we talked about last week i mean it's crazy. so jesus comes up praying and it says the heavens opened the holy spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove and a voice from heaven said you are my dearly loved son you bring me great what joy here we get a picture of the trinity all together in one scene it's crazy we, we also get a picture of Jesus and what he's doing to prepare for what we would say is the greatest purpose ever. Jesus prayed. Jesus was baptized. That's, that, that, that's why I'm so excited about the baptisms we have coming up in two weeks. This baptism is how you can prepare for what God has for you. So, it's different for Jesus, though. We baptize repentant sinners, Jesus wasn't a repentant sinner. He never sinned. He never messed up. So, so why was Jesus baptized? I'll tell you a couple reasons. Number one, he's modeling it for you and I, showing us a model of what we are to do. He says it himself. And secondly, Jesus is showing us a picture of what is to come. That's what he's showing you, a visual of what is to come. You know, the, the old gone, the new here. Well, that happens temporarily here, not perfectly, but in this side of heaven. And then it really happens on the other side of heaven. I I can't wait. But the scripture that goes with it, and you've heard this before probably, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say new. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Is anyone grateful that Jesus Christ makes all things new? Here's the thing. The the 29th, let me just really spell it out. If you've never, if you're a follower of Jesus, what do you mean? I mean you've surrendered your life to Christ. What do you mean? I mean that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, that he died on a cross and that he rose from the dead, and you've surrendered to that. You've repented means you don't want to live the old way. You want to live the new way. If you've done that by faith, God's grace covers you. Holy Spirit enters you, and your next step is what Jesus did. He was on the scene, and he got baptized. That is your next step. If you were baptized as a baby like I was, I'm not saying that's anything against that. I mean, I was too, but, but I, here's what I want to tell you. Every example in the Word of God, everyone, including Christ himself, they're old enough to make the decision for themselves. So, so baptism, it doesn't save you. A relationship with Jesus Christ, grace, and faith— Saves you, but baptism is a declaration. It's it, it's like you know what Jesus was saying when he came up out of the water. I, I'm with the Father. We're on the same team. I'm preparing for him. I'm preparing for my purpose. I'm in, and I have a body. I am the head. You are the body, and we are together in this fight. When you get baptized, you're saying I have a body. I, I have a family. I have a father. I am in this fight, not alone, but together. So maybe you were baptized as a child or, or a kid. I'm just telling you, if you've surrendered your life to Christ and you've never been baptized as a person old enough to make that decision for yourself, it was your decision, nobody else, this is your next step in preparation for the purpose that God has for you and celebration. So if you have questions, if you are want to do it or have questions, on the Connect card, just write baptism on the Connect card, the green card. And turn it into guest services. If you're watching online, just type baptism in the comments and we'll connect with you. And talk and see what's going on. I just, I am so excited. So, so how did Jesus prepare? He was baptized. The very next scene in the word of God is is where we're going to kind of park a little bit today. So what happened after Jesus was baptized? I'm so glad you asked that. I'll tell you. So, Luke 4. We go from three to four, that makes sense. Verse one, then King Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, where John, his his cousin, just baptized him, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In those days, during those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Thank you, Luke, Captain Obvious. I bet he was hungry. And the devil said to Jesus, if you're the son of God, well, command that stone to turn to bread. And Jesus answered the devil saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word of God. There is so much in these four verses. So so Jesus, in preparation, he was baptized where he prayed, and then he fasted. Say he fasted. So fasting might be a newer term. I remember when I first came to Christ, I never, when someone talked about food and fasting, I, I thought you were talking about eating food fast. I'm like, I'm good. I do that all the time. I grew up in a family of six. If you don't eat fast, you ain't getting fed. That, that's all I know. Mom would sit down the casserole. We'd be like, our fork's out. Come on. But if, here's what fasting really is. I wrote it down for you. Fasting is, is, is a way to draw close to Jesus Not only that, but fasting specifically refers to abstaining from food, like Jesus did, for spiritual purposes. For spiritual purposes. Um, How can I say this? The primary purpose is to center yourself on God. Jesus was centering centering himself on the Father and what the Father had for him. When you do that, when you center on God and his plan and purpose for your life, it will change you. Something that you may not know, um, there are biblical icons, even if you're not a church person, if you're not a religious person or whatever, you'll know some of these names. Moses, David, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, Paul. These are icons in the Bible. Every one of those people fasted. Everyone, we think it's just oh they just got they. I mean, is it safe to say they lived their God given purpose? Yes. It doesn't just automatically happen. They sought the Lord through fasting, through abstaining from food, and it's and of course we know that Jesus did as well as we just read. All of those people, and I didn't say I didn't say they dieted, they fasted because there's a difference. Dieting. is is all about what we want, right? I want to lose weight, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but I want to lose weight. I want to reach 10,000 steps a day. I want my six-pack. I want my buns of steel, baby. I want to be all steel, head to toe. That's what I want. Dieting is about what you want. Fasting is about what God wants. That's the difference. That is the difference. This is, Jesus knew this. Jesus is modeling this for you and I. Now, let's pull apart those verses a little bit. Remember when it said, first of all, Jesus is led to the wilderness. By who? The Holy Spirit. So, so God is allowing his son to be tempted. God is allowing his son to be tested. Of course he is. See, God's going to test you before he blesses you. You know that, right? We, we tend to think that if I'm going through a struggle, if I'm going through a trial... Oh my gosh, God's got it in for me. God's not caring about me. I'm outside of the will of God. I'm here to tell you, if you're going through a trial, that may very well indicate you are smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Or or you're making really stupid decisions. I mean, either way. Could go either way. But it's people, when they ask me for prayer, and they want to pray, you know, God, have God give me an easier path or easier road. I don't do it. Don't pray that God gives you an easier path. Pray that God gives you the strength to walk the path that he's put before you. Pray that. Oh, he will. You don't want an easier path. You don't need an easier path. You've got the power of Christ. Mm. So, so we look at the story. We see the devil leads Jesus out. And it's crazy the temptation it, it always hits me the temptation of christ it didn't happen in the temple it didn't happen at the baptism where there's the father the son the holy spirit devil didn't do that he waits till jesus is alone in a desert struggling and, and hungry and vulnerable and then he goes after him just like the devil for you and i most likely it's going to be the times when you're, when you're scared, when you have fear, when, you, when you're vulnerable, when you're alone, when you're hungry. Devil ain't probably going to worry about you when you're all pumped up and fat and happy. No, no, no. It'll be when you're fasting, right? That, that's when the devil comes and he releases two demons. You know their name, Ben and Jerry. They're coming and they're going to remind you that you've got that pint of chunky monkey just sitting in the freezer And you're gonna be, and the more you fixate on it, and they'll try to get you to, the more you're gonna be thinking about it. I want my chunky monkey. I need my chunky monkey. Give me my chunk. Okay, settle down right now. So you get the point. the The devil's gonna get you to fixate on these things, but God, God, Jesus's example shows us how to get through it. What does Jesus say? Hmm. I, I I thought about it. You know, fasting. This is interesting. As we talk about being hungry and being vulnerable, fasting, I wrote it down, reveals the things in life that really control us. More than almost any other spiritual discipline, and there are many, but there's something about physically be abstaining from that food. It's gonna, like if you struggle with bitterness, it's coming out. You struggle with jealousy or envy, um, it's coming out. You struggle with anger, it'll be revealed you're not just angry you hangry now some of you you know what that means right some of you are looking at me like you don't okay the definition of hangry A, a state of anger caused by lack of food hunger causing a negative change in emotional state has anybody experienced a negative change in emotional state when you're hungry i think we all could say we've all been hangry. Well, that's when the enemy is going to try to attack you. I want to warn you up front, but also give you a model to overcome. Jesus gives it. So, so the devil, this is so good. The devil said to him, this is verse three for those uh, doing the screens. If you are the son of God, he, the devil's so interesting. He's crafty, but he's not that creative. He's really not. When you, the more you get in the word of God, the more you'll see the pattern of the enemy, which will allow you to know what's coming. So he, he, he tries to get Jesus to question the word of God, to question himself. You remember what he did in the garden? Not the desert, but the garden when things were perfect. What does he say to Eve? If you really are, or did God really say? Trying to get Eve to question the word of God. Trying to get Jesus to question, he is the word of God. I have a question for you. Did the enemy, did the devil know when he asked that question that Jesus was the son of God? Yes. He did. He wasn't questioning himself. He was trying to get Jesus to question himself. The devil's, devil's never doubted who Jesus is. He knows all too well. He wants Jesus to doubt it. Make no mistake. If the enemy can get us to question this, oh, Question who you are in what God says about you. He has the upper hand. And, and, and culture its going. Culture and society will question it more and more. That's not going to get better. It'll just it's, be ready for that. Well, it's not, it's not scientifically possible for a man to live in a fish for three days. That's not scientifically possible. And I would say to that, you're right. And it's also not scientifically possible for a man to be born of a virgin. Or a man to walk on water, or a man to bring himself back to life. Those things don't prove the Bible isn't true. They just prove that with God, all things are possible. That's what it proves. You and I need to know what the Word of God says. If we are to defend our faith and point our family and our spouses and our children to hope and truth, we've got to know it. Jesus, listen to what he's saying. He says it himself. Jesus says, it is written. Where, where is it written, Jesus? Do you know where it's written? The Word of God. Jesus is referring to the Old Testament. Now, they didn't call it the Old Testament when Jesus was walking around because it, it, was, the, it was their Holy Scripture, the Hebrew Scriptures. It, we call it that because there was, there's a New Testament now. That, they didn't have that then. It was being lived out. So Jesus refers to a book called Deuteronomy. It is written, God oh, he wants us to know the word, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every, say every, every. see we don't want to live on every word of God. I want, to, I want to live on that word and that word and Jesus says every word is good. Every word is from the Father. Every word is there to help you and give you hope. Everything that Jesus taught is for you. So Jesus says every word of God. So you know what fasting does? Fasting reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Food doesn't sustain us. God's word sustains us. That's what God wants you to know. Repeat after me. Say, um, say fasting is feasting. It is. You you can't just take the food away, right? that, That equals hangry. You have to replace it with spiritual nourishment. And this is where so many people miss it. Taking the food away, okay, dieting, replacing it with spiritual nourishment, the Word of God. Jesus is teaching us something. How do we prepare? Will you prepare? Will I prepare? To prepare means to commit. It really does. The website, if you're new, we have a website, meadows.church, and you go there, and right on the homepage, 21 days of a prayer, it says. When you click on that, it'll show you, we've already gone through a week of prayer last week, and it has two more weeks on here, and, and each day you can read scripture. You know what today is? Luke, you're already getting it. You read Luke, and it will give you, I mean, there's the Lord's Prayer, a fasting plan, all the things that you need to help you implement and prepare for what God has you. If you don't prepare, the, it's not coming. I don't care what you post. I don't care what you declare. It doesn't matter what you declare. It matters what you demonstrate. We've got to do this, not because it's what we're Jesus wants us to live our God-given purpose. So, it's right on the website. Read the scripture it has. Pray fasting so here's what we want to commit to i hope you will because corporate fasting is powerful the early church did this well they changed the world see i want that meadows church isn't called to make a dent no nope. we're called to make a difference a big one so here's what we commit to will you commit to a 14-day fast that's right 14 consecutive days, no food, no drink. I'm just kidding. Settle down. You're like, huh, I don't know if I like this church. Um, okay, 14-day fast, but let me tell you what that looks like. A regular fast, like a daily fast, is 24 hours of abstaining from food. And uh, so you can have water. In, in my case, I add coffee because if I don't, people tend to die. So I put that in there. So, uh, But it's 24 hours with no food. So 6 a.m., 6 p.m. I mean, or vice versa, whatever 24 hours you pick. So um, that's a, a biblical fast involves food. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Um, so what, what what does that look like, Pastor, like for me? So for me, I, this week I'm fasting two days. So it'll be tomorrow and Wednesday. So I need extra prayer on those days from you. Um, the, the next week of 14 days, I'll do three days. For you, it might just be... Maybe you do what I, maybe you you probably do more than me. I don't know. But maybe it's just one day out of the week that you're going to be like, all right, 24 hours, I can do this. I'm going to get in God's word, blah, 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 blah. You're going to do it, okay? Or, or, so that's a normal fast, you'd call that. There's a partial fast, and this is an option too. Maybe, and this is going to pertain to some of you, it's skipping a meal. It's taking out, okay, no, if you normally eat, whatever, lunch, take it out. Dinner, take it out. Pick some days to do that. Or... Giving you options here, it could be a particular food, right? That that you remove from your diet over the next fourteen days. Okay, a particular food that you like. Okay, because I see some people out there are oh, yeah, I'm not, That's the one. All right, taking out uh, Brussels sprouts, uh, kale, and horseradish. Okay, I'm good. So no, do <laughs> foods you like. These are, and there's more ideas on the website. And and I'll tell you this, if if health or uh, dietary, if there's those concerns, you can fast from other things. I mean, if if that's the only option you have, you can fast from, you know, social media would be a great one. Uh, Television, Netflix, I mean, Yellowstone's on a break right now, so it should not be a problem. So, but whatever it is, you're centering yourself on God, fasting will prepare you for your purpose make no mistake will you prepare with me will you commit with me not only does it prepare you for your purpose i don't have time to give you all the scriptures that pertain to fasting there are a lot of them but fasting if you are looking for um answers from god and maybe it's for years you've been praying add fasting I promise you, God, God gives answers through fasting. Some of you are looking for a breakthrough from a, from a difficult situation. Fast. Watch what God does. I wrote it down. Fasting can bring breakthroughs that will never happen any other way. Here's what's crazy. Our society, and I was guilty of this, so if this is you, ain't judging, this was me too. Prayer, I've been talking about that as long as I could talk. But fasting is like, well, that's for, the, that's for the crazy people. That's for the extremes, the radicals. Not according to God. The more you read the Word of God, the more that prayer and fasting is just together. And, and Scripture. They are just, I'll give you just a quick example, not even on the screen, but you know how you and I, we, we prayed the Lord's Prayer together. If you go into Scripture and you read when Jesus gave that template for praying the Lord's Prayer, do you know what he says right afterwards? And when you fast... He doesn't say, hey, guys, come here. And if, after you pray, if you decide to fast, or if your church is doing like a 21-day deal, Jesus don't say that. He's just assuming you're, you're going to fast. I mean, it's not like, it was so normal back then. We, we, unfortunately, have gotten away from this. Okay, most people will not live their God-given purpose. I'm just being honest with you. You're not most people. Most people will never F- sacrifice to fast ever. You're not most people. Do you want what you've always got every year, or do you want something different? See, I want something different. Honestly, and I'll be honest with you, God, I'm. I'm being. I hate fasting. I do not enjoy it. I enjoy what comes from it, but in the moment when I'm hungry, even when I'm reading God's word, I'm still struggling, and I know that God is filling me, but it's. It, it is hard for me. So like, I want you to know that it's not like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor and it's just the heavens open up and angels come down and help me. No, they don't. I don't even know where they're at. So um, God is just, when fasting, he says. So let me close by telling you this. It's something you already know. It's why we're doing spiritual fitness. Why do people work out? They want change. That's why. Let's be honest about it. And that's a good thing. I want change for you in your singleness, with your spouse, in your family, in your community, in your schools, in your neighborhood. We want change. We want to see change in the world, okay? The government's not going to bring it. The gospel will bring it. It's not going to happen in the White House. It's going to happen in our house. That's how it will happen. Well, pastor, come on. The Bible does talk about a lot, but what about all the you know, things we got going on, the social issues and the political issues? What about the sanctity of gender, and the sanctity of life, and the sanctity of, of, of marriage. <laughs> Here's what I have to tell you. Those aren't social issues, and they're not political issues. They're biblical issues, okay? They're in the Word of God. I came to tell somebody, if you want change, 10 minutes a day in the Word of God for the rest of your days, will change your days. <laughs> Clap if you believe it. I hope you do. It is the number one thing that has changed my life. And I never dreamed I'd ever read the Word of God. Ever. If there's one first thing I would tell a new believer, get in the Word of God. Where do I start? Start in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all tell the story of Jesus' life. Start there. How long? Nah, 10 minutes. That's good enough. If you did that every day, by the way, you'd read the entire Word of God in a year. God is asking us to prepare. I'm so excited. God is asking us to pursue him. Not half-heartedly, like I've been guilty of doing most of my life. All in for 14 days. And what it would equate, it might only equate to one or two days of fasting. But will you commit to that? Jesus did. Jesus did it. I just think it's probably a good idea. And he assumed that the people that he ran with would do it. When you fast. Because you will. We, it's so exciting. I want something new. I want to prepare. Will you pursue God with me? And I mean, like, pursue him like a, like a middle schooler pursues a cell phone, right? Like that. If we pursue God like that, I'm telling you what, devil might as well stay in his hole because he ain't got a chance. I, rem- I say that because when we moved here five plus years ago, my daughter Ava, was in middle school, and Ava was pursuing Apple, and like, she lived at the Apple store. I said, Ava, you can dream all you want, but that's as far as it's going. So anyway, so, but she wanted an iPhone, and that's about the age kids get where they really start to want stuff like that, and we held off, maybe longer than most, I don't know, I don't, didn't take a poll, but we just held off for as long as we felt like we could. So Why? Because I know that like with anything, TV, technology, phones that we're constantly on, I'm guilty too. I know something. Social media, friends, seeing this, seeing that, hearing this, hearing that. I know those are more avenues for the world to speak to us. For the world to feed us. So with with Ava, we try to hold off. I mean, as long as we can, and she's developing, she's growing, and she's going to church, and she's getting in youth on Wednesdays. And I wrote it down. I said, I knew a lot of what she would be exposed to would be worldly stuff. And I wanted Ava, I wanted Ava to know, and you to know truth. The world won't give it to you. It'll look like it. It'll disguise itself as it. Everything Jesus does, the devil tries to counterfeit. Make no mistake. So maybe you stepped into Meadows Church this morning, and and you're like, if you would have knew it was going to be on fasting, you would have like, okay, let's find another church, right? Because you're hurting. And you're struggling, and you believe the lies and the stuff and the highlight reels, that we see and we're guilty of posting, I am too. And we, we can so quickly forget through a, a medium or through a technology or through people that we hang with, we can forget. What does God say about me? Ava, I wanted you to know what the Lord says about you. And I want everybody here to know too. So you open up the word and you see. You are fearfully And wonderfully made. That's what the word, that's what spiritual food will tell you. The Bible says you are valuable. You are treasured. You are a masterpiece. Jacked up up masterpiece? Yep, you're still a masterpiece. You're worthy of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy. You're worthy of it. I know you don't feel like you are. With what you did last night and where you were. What you looked at. or But the word of God says you are. That you're worthy. Ava, I wanted you to know and I want the people here to know. That you have a distinct and unique purpose. One that no one else could ever fill. Only you. That's what the word of God will tell you. I want you to know that your beauty isn't about how you look on the outside. But it's how you love And how you live. The word of God says you are sacred. You are beloved. And you are his. Oh, I, okay. The last little part there, the his, like his child. I got to elaborate for one second. Every other thing I said is unconditionally true. Except that. His daughter or son you can be I should say I knew Abel was because she had surrendered her life to Christ by that time and this is where truth is so valuable for you because the world is going to tell you you're just good to go you're a good person you care about others you're nice you're good to go you're a child of God and you are if the Holy Spirit lives in you and you surrender your life to Christ that's true But did you know that we're born not a child of God? It's crazy. I know. Maybe you've never heard this before. I'm just. I just want to give you what the Word of God says. My opinion means nothing. This is what matters. The Bible says we're we're born apart from Him. Like He has to graft us into His family. He has to adopt us like a foster child into His family. By default, we're not His. By default, we're His. But by the grace of that God, remember the grace, the mercy, the love that is for you? He sends Jesus. You know, the one that we read about today, the one that got baptized, the one that like fasted and said these things and did these things and was so amazing. God sends Jesus because He's heartbroken that we're not His children. He wants us to be His. I want you to be my daughter, I want you to be my son. So then he sends his real son, his not adopted son, into the world to take our penalty and our punishment for our mess. Oh, I'm giving you the good news. It's the best news in the world. Jesus, gladly, not balking about it, not fighting it, not complaining about it like I did at Boy Scout camp, Jesus gladly comes down lives a sinless spotless life because you have to to cover sin. And Jesus through through the grace of God it's not about you being good. It's about what Jesus the good shepherd did for you. That's what's good. The good shepherd died on a cross. Something has to die before something comes to life. Blood has to be spilled to cover sin and take it away. Yours can't do it. Mine can't take it. It's temporary. The best we can do. Jesus the perfect sacrifice dies on a cross. I love the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And and here's what I would say to you about what you're hearing right now. This isn't some sort of a discussion. Like that's not what the Word of God says. The the Gospel isn't a suggestion. It's not like a debate. You know what the Gospel is? (laughs) It is an announcement that the Kingdom of God has come. That hope is here because Jesus Christ, who was dead on that cross, rose from the dead three days later he was no longer dead come on God we give you glory he was alive the miracle isn't the crucifixion thousands died by a cross the miracles the resurrection one man brought himself back to life if a man does that and then he he models for us what we can do to have the promises first and foremost i want you to be his like i gave my life to it this is what i'm called to do is to present you the word of god you are saved by god's grace through your faith in the gospel that story i just told you if you will believe that and then repent repentance is a part of salvation i i could i could show you scripture upon scripture that just means that you're going to cooperate with the holy spirit it just means that you're not going to check a box yep I believe in Jesus, and then you're going to go live the same life you've always lived. That's, that doesn't work. That's, that doesn't work. That's not authentic conversion. You, you're, you're, you're like, you're, I surrender, God. Holy Spirit, enter into me. Forgive me. And then you cooperate with that spirit, and you go, and, and you, you start living a new life, the new life that he promises he'll give you. And you'll, you'll get into the Word, and you'll get to a church, and you'll love others, and you'll, you'll do it messily and muddy. You won't do it alone. God, God, I got to close. I always hate letting you guys go. I want to keep here all day. I told the security team, just lock the doors. We'll stay in here. And they said, I can't do that by law, whatever. So, surrender to Christ. Don't be like me. I believed in Jesus all my life. I was not His. I would tell you I was, but I wasn't. My actions would tell you otherwise. My heart would tell you otherwise. Ava, you're his. Oh, I hope that puts a smile on your face. I want you to be his. After that, once we get that settled, don't leave here until that's settled, please. Baptism is your next step. Write it down. Fasting, just try it. And Jesus isn't trying to torture us. He's trying to draw us close to him. I had this compelling... Maybe it was from God. I mean, that's what a pastor's supposed to say. God told me. I don't know if he told me this or not, but I had this compelling feeling today about people going through struggles. I mean, I know that you always do, but I mean something like something heavy. And actually, this is me was holding back for a while, but I'll get vulnerable with you in closing. I'm not ready to share today because it will go much more appropriately with next week's message. But even for me personally, and don't get all worried or anything, I ain't going nowhere, that's for sure. You can't get rid of me. But 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 I've been challenged with something in my life. And, and just been it's just I say that not to like, oh, what was me? You're challenged with probably way more than I'll ever go through. I say that in empathy with you, to know let you know that if you're, if you're challenged with maybe something that no one else knows and no one else cares, I'm telling you what, God cares. And you're not alone. Next week, I'll share it with you. God loves you. God, he loves you. God, he loves you. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, our model. It's weird. It's weird. Jesus, you didn't have to get baptized. You're not a sinner. You're not repenting. But yet you're showing us this is the right thing to do. When you're in me, when, you're, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, you declare it and you prepare for the purpose that the Father has for us. And then you go, and it's no secret that the trial's hit. I always tell new believers and people that get baptized, get ready. I mean, the devil's not going to relent. He's going to come hard. Thank God you're so much more powerful than him. Actually, we have your power in us, so we have the power to even rebuke him. Oh, the, the word of God. I wouldn't even know these things, God, if it wasn't for your word. I pray for everybody here today. I pray that you give us the strength and the courage not just to hear a word from you, but do the most important part. Live it out. God, people, somebody needs to surrender their life to you today. I pray they let us pray with them and they let us celebrate with them and love them and walk with them. God, somebody needs to get baptized in two weeks. Who are they? Give them the courage, even if they have questions, just to write it down. And God, fasting, I believe it's for everybody in the room in one form or fashion or another. The reality is... Most people living today will never do it. God, I make a declaration on behalf of your people in your church meadows. We don't want to be most people. We want to be your people. We want what you want. I want want your promises. I want your blessing. I want your provision. I know it's going to come with hardships and trials. We get it, but we want it. We don't want to settle for anything less than living out our God-given purpose. Father, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. Thank you so much for Jesus. If people hear nothing else, let them know that Jesus Christ came, died, and rose to set them free from themselves. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. We praise you today and every day. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, Amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.